loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. This month, February 2018th, will be a little different on Good Grief. We'll be spending the month talking about the Lavender Pen Tour, which took place in October 2017. I was asked by a fellow member of the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir how I was going to relate the tour to the theme of this show, which is transformation after a loss, and I really didn't have to work at that. Um, I remember the deeply personal impact of 2016 Election Day, and to be clear, it wasn't that I thought oppression and bias were anything new. It was that they were now more clearly condoned and sanctioned. I grieved for my oldest child. She and her husband and my grandchildren are Muslim. I grieved for my middle child, whose significant other is an immigrant from Brazil and a person of color. I grieved for my youngest child, who's African-American. I grieved for my wife and her family, who are Hispanic. I grieved for myself as a lesbian in a marriage with a woman. It was a deeply personal grief. Since I'm in the grief business, I set out to formulate what I would need to respond to the situation and keep myself well or at least halfway sane. I came up with four needs. First, to feel and honor every emotion that came up. Second, to find support and solace. Third, to find inspiration, even if it was hard to find. And last, to take action that would have an impact and would fit my skills, abilities, and capacities. Lucky for me, before even a month had passed, I was given an opportunity that supplied all four. The Lavender Pen Tour, imagined by the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, went to southern states, especially several with anti-LGBTQ laws, to offer inspiration and learn about the challenges facing communities where Trump had won. And my choir, the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, went along, lending our voices to the mission, which so clearly mirrors our own. I knew I needed to give some time on the show to this really amazing experience. Before we left, I was planning an hour. When we came back, I decided it needed at least a month. So today, the first in a series of four shows about the tour, I welcome Terrence Kelly, the Artistic Director of the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, and Tim Selig, Artistic Director and Conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and I just want to tell you something about each of them. Terrence Kelly has garnered extensive musical credentials in both gospel and jazz music. His operatic range and joyous emotional feel for the music make him a popular soloist, as well as an accomplished director, composer, and arranger. His credits include choral arrangements on albums by Linda Ronstadt and the Cronus Quartet, and gospel arrangements of popular music for TV and video soundtracks. In addition, he wrote or arranged most of the music for each of the choir's albums. Mr. Kelly received an Emmy Award for his choral arrangements of OIGC's KGO-TV public service announcement. 
In 2005, he received the Local Heroes Award from KQED Television for his directorship of the Oakland Interfaith Youth Choir and was also honored at the Gospel Music Awards. And in 2013, he was awarded the Dr. Edwin Hawkins Excellent Award. He currently serves as Minister of Magnification at Oakland Simani Community Church and has traveled as far as Australia and Israel to teach gospel music and since 1982 has served as Gospel Choir Director for Jazz Camp West, hosted by Living Jazz. In addition to all of this, he's a semi-regular member of the San Francisco Opera Chorus. His father, the late Ed Kelly, was an esteemed jazz and gospel pianist, and his mother, the late Faye Kelly, was a gospel choir director and pianist. Let me introduce Tim now. Dr. Timothy Selig is a conductor, singer, teacher, and motivational speaker. In addition to artistic director of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, he continues a busy guest conducting schedule throughout the, throughout the U.S. and across the globe. He's a conductor emeritus of the Turtle Creek Chorale, which he conducted for 20 years, co-founded the Women's Chorus of Dallas, and taught on the faculty of Southern Methodist University for 14 years. He holds four degrees, including the Doctor of Musical Arts from the University of North Texas and the Diploma from the Mozarteum in Salzburg, Austria. He's authored seven books and DVDs on choral technique. Recordings have won multiple awards and have been on Billboard Top 10 and iTunes Top 10 classical charts. The PBS documentary about the Turtle Creek Chorale received the National Emmy Award for Best Documentary, and he's also conducted regularly at Carnegie Hall for and for the last 25 years, as well as Lincoln Center and the South Bank Center in London. In addition to conducting and writing, he's commissioned choral works for a variety of amazing organizations. Some of those are AMFAR, the American Foundation for AIDS Research, the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation, featuring Dr. Maya Angelou, and St. Jude's Children Research Hospital, featuring Marlo Thomas. He's married to Dan England and is the proud grandfather of the amazing Clara Skye and Eden May. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Now we can just close and go on home. It's great. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I want to start with you, Tim, because the tour started with your with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And, um, you know, from the outside, the whole generation of this idea seems rather magical. Uh, and it has continued to feel sort of um, otherworldly to me as it as I it agree. kind of kind of um, yeah kind of develops. But I thought the listeners would like to hear how, for those who haven't heard, how it came about, how this uh, idea germinated in in your chorus. Well, I think that uh, all of us agree that uh, the universe came together and had pretty much all the pieces planned out before we ever entered the picture. The chorus was entering its 40th anniversary season, which is where we are right now. So we had already begun planning to take a big tour uh, celebrating our 40th anniversary. So plans were underway for a tour, and people were uh, knew that it was on the horizon. The chorus took a national tour in 1981, and so it was high time that we did something big, but we were going to go international to an international destination. 
And we were pondering several of those when the election happened. And uh, probably the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest job that, that fate had to, to work together was that Mark Desaulnier, the executive director of Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, and Steve Huffines, the chairman of the board of the Gay Men's Chorus, are friends. And so when, when we announced, you know, we've changed our minds we're not going to go internationally. We're going to stay at home and go lift up our brothers and sisters in the South. Um, Mark thought, hmm, that sounds like something we would sign on to. So he and, and Steve had a conversation, and that's when it all just took off. Took off is right. And and Terrence, let me ask you, were you kind of immediately, oh, yes, or uh, did either of you actually have any hesitations about doing it? Um, this Terrence and I had no hesitation whatsoever. Uh, as soon as Mark brought it to me, I mean, it's what OIGC does. So I was very excited from the onset to see if we could get on board and um, be a part of this wonderful opportunity to share lo- love and um, show acceptance because that's what, that's what we do on a daily basis. So it was just perfect for us. One if thing I'm aware of. That question. Y- y- you too, Tim. With no <laughs> no hesitations at all. It, uh, no, I, w- I would be lying if I didn't have uh, if I told you that there were no hesitations. And uh, Terrence can can bear this out because I thought uh, when it first came up, I thought, well, they're not going to want to pay their own way to go on tour, and that was the first hurdle when Terrence or Mark immediately said, "Oh, of course we'll pay our own way," and that was incredible, which they, of course, did. And then Terrence and I had conversations about what the actual program would look like when you're taking uh, two big choirs um, and you have to fit them into one, to one program, and certainly two fairly disparate um, styles of music. How was mm-hmm. that going to work? And we worked through that in about um, a nanosecond, and uh, it just worked beautifully. Those were really the, the, two, the two issues really early on. And then after that, no hesitation whatsoever. You know, as a, as a choir member, I actually really um, strongly remembered when this was proposed to the choir. Uh, it was at a sound check. I, th- I think it was the Paramount, our big concert of the year, sound check. And... Um, it was kind of a straw poll situation, how many people might be interested. I don't think I've ever seen hands go up so fast uh, for any idea. Uh, we were, I think, for me anyway, I was craving a way to uh, respond. And it was just an immediate, oh, yes. Um, is that how you remember it, Terrence? Uh, yeah, I was I was actually surprised by the quickness of the response and the um, continuance of that um, energy and focus and desire and work. I mean, it was actually amazing to see. Indeed, in in both choirs, I would say. So you mentioned just just a little bit, um, Tim coming up with the actual program, and I, I imagine there was a sort of separate and together uh, part of that 
what each of our choirs contributed and then what we did together. Um, was there any kind of guiding principle behind what the two of you chose to share on the tour? Well, the guiding principle for, for me was um, just practical in that, you know, in the entertainment industry, they say never, fo- never follow a child or an animal or the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir. So <laughs> I knew that there is no way we were going to sing anything. I wasn't sure where you were going with that for a minute. <laughs> well, you never really are. No one re- ever really is. So you should never follow Oakland Interfaith Gospel because they're going to bring the house down and all you're left with are, you know, some bricks and mortar and that fall that fall down. So um, it was clear, and Terrence was clear from the beginning, that they had to be the grand finale. They were, we were going to, we were their opening act and, um, Oh, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> we opened I knew for this Oakland was going to happen. <laughs> all over the South. <clears throat> There's no way it could have been any other, any other way. So, uh, and, and indeed at every single stop, uh, OIGC brought the house down. And then the, the, the fact that we ended the concert, you know, all singing together and thanks to Terrence, actually dancing in the aisles, um, was amazing. It was just an amazing thing. Well, Tim and I realized early that um, our choirs had to do what our choirs do well. And so um, Francisco Gimmins Chorus astounded and tickled and um, they, before the gospel choir came on, the, the, the audience would laugh they would cry, they would wave their hands, they'd chuckle, and Tim's other um, job really should have been comedian, so there were quite often moments of hilarium going on just behind what he was saying during the concerts. So, but we, we came to the decision early that we do what we do well and then come together to um, bring a big end and hopefully leave people leave, uh, lifted. And we were able to accomplish that, so it was, it was awesome. And I don't think anybody brought the house down any harder or quicker than Patsy Cline. Right. Well, oh, that's, that's no joke. <laughs> I, will ne- I will treasure forever seeing um, um, Patsy Cline in a church. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patsy, yeah. That was great. We didn't. We didn't think Patsy was going to appear in church. It's not her natural habitat. <laughs> but, uh, but the but the pastor of First Baptist Church of Greenville, South Carolina, said, "We want all of you. We want you in all of your fullness." And we went, "Okay, you sure got it, because well, that dress sure. was full." Yeah. You know, before our break comes, I want to share a little clip, clip from that concert, actually. And uh, to me, one thing that was very meaningful was the intersection. My dad was a civil rights worker. He spent a lot of my childhood in the South. And um, the intersection of that struggle for uh, rights with, with uh, LGBTQ struggles was very, very meaningful for me, personally. And I, I thought it was brilliant that we did Laud How Come Me Here. Um, so I want to I share just a little clip of the wonderful Valeria Scott uh, singing that song. Lord, how come me? 
me here Lord how come me That song just undoes me every time. Wow, it's beautiful. Um, that is, of course, uh, from a live performance, so it's it's not all uh, cleaned up like studio is. But I I just think it's so um, so wonderful, and um, that sort of addresses you know the first of my four <laughs> items, um, just having the feelings we have about what a difficult time it is. Oh yes, since um, since that day a little bit over a year ago, it's been a little bit um, more um, r- racism and um, sexism and um, homophobia have all been um, the blinders. Maybe I should say have been taken off, and um, I think some of us are shocked at um, how much still how, how much of that hatred still exists. Even today, absolutely. Maybe that's part of the the magic of this tour, though, because um, music often can well build bridges, huh? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's time for our first break, um, so we'll come back to that when when we come back in a few minutes. Listeners, you can find links to my website and social media, the Good Grief page at Voice America. Like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, etc. To find the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, you can go to sfgmc.org. And to find the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, you can go to oigc.org. Be back soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show. 
every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Terrence Kelly, the, the director of Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, and Tim Selig, uh, director of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chor- Chorus, about the October 2017 Lavender Pen th- Tour through the South. And um, we were... Um, Talking before the break, basically, about how the collaboration unfolded and how much room there was for, um, you know, coming from, for instance, the last four, the last songs that, that OIGC did, we started with Laud, How Come Me Here, and ended up in a very kind of triumphant, um, there, there was a lot of emotional journeying going on (laughs) let's just say during the course of the program but I wondered if that reflected um uh how things went behind the scenes um during the break Terrence you were mentioning uh some sensitivities that it that it seemed like the uh SFGMC staff had that meant a lot to you and uh I was saying okay that's like making the foundation so the building can come up well but could you could you speak to that a little what you were referring to yeah um when we were in meetings before the first um airplane ticket was bought i was just really impressed at how um dedicated to all aspects of um uh, uh hate or or difference loathing um, San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus was staff was dedicated to making sure that San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus didn't just go to the south 
for um, LGBTQ matters, but for racial matters, for misogynist matters, for anybody who's on the other end of um, hatred, they were um, very um, direct about supporting them on this tour, and that was just amazing to me to see such dedication from a staff that would have quite easily said, we're going for LGBTQ matters. So um, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't been committed until that point, that definitely would have gotten me, but I was already committed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tara. And how how was that on your end, Tim? um, Of our 23 uh, appearances where we sang, and the approximately 10 or 12 additional ones where we did seminars and had world cafes, of all of those, we, from the very beginning, said, um, we'll, we'll sing wherever. And being in the South, probably two-thirds of those ended up being in churches because that's what drives the South. I'm from the South, and I know how that is. But we were very insistent uh, at every turn, and I, I know both of you all noticed this, of course, that it not just be representative of, of the Christian faith. And each of the interfaith services were incredibly broad in their, in their reach, and I'm so grateful for that. But, you know, for a chorus that now for 40 years has preached inclusion, uh, it, it comes pretty natural to us that that means everyone who might ever feel other. That is the other. That... The other is who we are. So, um, Terrence, I'm glad that that was your experience. It certainly is top of mind for us. I, I would, I would say, and then I'll, and then I'll stop. In looking back at this experience, and there is still being a lot written in today's radio show, and then we'll be have, we'll have a documentary in maybe in a year, maybe next January. There are two, just completely separate experiences. One was the big taking 296 people on tour, singing to huge crowds, really huge crowds, and everywhere we went, and 300,000 media hits and documentary teams. There was that big splash, lots of press. Um, And then the other part that is equal, maybe greater, is uh, talking to every single person who went and their individual experience. And there's no way to categorize it or define it. I would never say this is what they felt because each, each of those 296 people came to the experience for a different reason with different expectations. And the, to say it was life-changing is a, a little cliche, but I think for everyone it was life-changing. That we can we can pretty much depend on a 90% at least, yep. <laughs> I think. Right. But, but the thing that... Nine year higher. Nine year higher, exactly. I don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> um, the thing that stands out to me, though, is um, the only way I've been able to describe it uh, to people is that the two uh, choruses, choirs, uh, began a love affair, I, I really couldn't think of another way to express it for myself. And uh, it feels to me like that's continued. Like if I see anyone from SFGMC, I'm just falling all over myself. Well, nine days on a bus will do that to you. 
<laughs> or it's not. Gonna either, it's either going to work out that way or really poorly. Yeah, and, yeah. It's got to be one or the other because traveling with 296 people is not without its its moments, right? But right. I would say it was so um, overwhelmingly positive. Well, rarely, and I've been in lots of choir groups, collaborations, and quite often they're nice and beautifully done and everything is great. But I don't think I've ever been part of two choirs that have so completely become one when they sang together. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We, We were learning your songs backstage, Tim. Oh, as yeah, I hear. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, you want to sing that? <laughs> um, especially one I'm gonna I'm gonna clip in a few minutes. But it seemed to me, Tim, like there was kind of a focus with your program on. Um, obviously, there were funny parts and and all kinds of different things. But they, there was a lot of. Um, we see you kind of songs. At least that's how it felt yes. to me. Yes. Um, was that intentional uh, because of the audiences? Oh my goodness! That- yes. You know, this is this is a Terrence Kelly quote, actually, uh, and and we all felt the same way. And that is, um, I, if I had experienced something like this when I was thirteen or fourteen or ten or eighteen, mm. how different my life would have been had I seen this kind of coming together. With these people, uh, how different we would be. So uh, from the very beginning, we wanted to say, um, we know there's a storm. We know you're alone. We know we just have to dance with that storm. But then, of course, one of our favorites was, you have more friends than you know. And one of the empowering things that we heard all across the South was for people that that really struggle with being that other, um, they don't get to see people like them, regardless of what that is. And they got yeah. to come and, and see a thousand people that believe like they do and support them. It was, it was really amazing. So, yes, our repertoire was um, all about, we, we hoped it was all about lifting people up, making them feel better, laughing, and knowing that, you know, even over here in Oakland and San Francisco, there are people that, that love them and are thinking yes. about them. I'd like to share a couple of clips that speak to that. Not the one you just said. I I can't tell you how many times I went around about what music to share today. But um, the first one I'd, I'd like to play is a little bit of Give Me Your Tired. Mm-hmm. Um, because that particularly affected me and I think speaks to what you were talking about, Terrence, in terms of... Um, uh, intersectionality, I guess, for want of a better word, um, that all oppressions um, matter. Uh, so yeah. let's hear a little of that.
That that song affects me so much. Oh, um, that's a, oh, what a lovely thing on this afternoon. That was um, was composed by Steve Huffines, the very person who started this whole idea of the tour off. He's our board chair and a beautiful composer. We wanted to sing uh, that text from Emma Lazarus that's on the Statue of Liberty, but the the composition that exists. Uh, is not my very favorite. That's what my late mother taught me to say instead of I hate it. So <laughs> it's not my very favorite. And so Steve said, I'll... I'll I keep will, that. Uh, I'll, it's not my very favorite. Uh, Steve said, I'll write a new one and paired it with God Help the Outcasts from the Hunched Up Back of Notre Dame. And uh, what a beautiful pairing it is. And then they come together, those two melodies. It's gorgeous, and I'm also partial to it because um, the soloist, Andrew Caldwell, was my um, my bus captain, Captain O'Captain, so yes, <laughs> I'm also fond of it for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other clip that I want to play is the one that we most wanted to sing with you, and I, and I also think uh, SFGMC sang it to OIGC right off the bat when we were kind of getting to know each other in rehearsals. Right. Um, a little bit from Love Can Build a Bridge, which I, which um, is kind of the theme song, I guess we want to say, yeah. uh, of the tour. So let's hear a little of that, too. I'd gladly walk across the desert with no shoes upon. Share with you the last bite of bread I have to eat. I would swim out to save you in your sea of broken dreams. When all your hopes are sinking, let me show you what love means. to tell you I had to hold myself back just then <laughs> not, to, not to sing along uh, we sang that backstage time after time after time oh yeah I think we'll, have to, might we'll have to see if, if, uh, to see if maybe you all can go ahead those songs that the choir has kind of bullied me into doing so we'll probably um, be singing Love Can Build a Bridge soon I would love to hear you all sing that. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. that would be that would be amazing. I'm I'm my vote's in. <laughs> oh, I'm I have to run from the parking lot every rehearsal. People are like, when are we going right. to start it? 
<laughs> I guess I, I only I only would do that when I'm interviewing you on air. <laughs> right. But um, you know, that's what we did with each other. I feel. Yes. Um, and I I want to mention before we go to break too that we for anyone who happens to be in the San Francisco Bay Area or near enough to get here, we are going to reunion in March at Davies Symphony Hall, which wow. I'm super excited about. Wow. Uh, yes, we're all going to sing together once again. We sure are. I'm okay. looking forward to it. Is it March 29th? Do I, am I it remembering is. the date mm-hmm. right? So go get your tickets. I think it's going to sell out any minute. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Based on when I went to get my tickets, you know, they were going fast. So it's about time for our second break. When we get back, I sort of would like to talk a bit about uh, what comes up a lot when I'm talking to members of either chorus, which is um, what does the future hold? I know that's probably not a question that's answered yet. But I wonder if the two of you might have fantasies about um, how we can continue to support each other's uh, missions because they seem so compatible. So let's let's go there a little bit when we get back. And listeners, of course, you can go to my website, weatherandgrief.com or the Good Grief host page to find me and please let me know what you think of the show. And to find San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and Tim Selig, you can go to sfgmc.org. To find the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir and Terrence Kelly, it's oigc.org. Back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you heard of nutritional balancing? Your body's biochemistry affects the mental, physical, and emotional aspects of your life. Many of the diseases we face are related to an imbalance of the mind, body, and spirit. Find out how to get everything back in line when you tune in to Healing Treasures of Wisdom with host Daniel Solomon. Learn how to heal yourself and your family every week. Listen Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm here with Terrence Kelly and Tim Selig, artistic directors of the two choirs who traveled the South together in October 2017, sharing our music with the communities across five states. And before the the break, I put you on the spot a little bit. When are we going to get to work together again? (laughs) And you may have no idea yet, but I thought I'd leave room for it. Um, Do you think that that may happen in the future? Oh my gosh! I, I absolutely think it will happen. I, the the it's going to be far in the future. That's the unfortunate thing. I mean, far meaning, you know, that's a relative term. But uh, we have our season planned, and you have your season planned. You all are. I, I started to say busier than we are, but I think we're probably equally busy uh, with mm-hmm. our concert seasons. So Terrence and I are going to have to sit down, uh, which is not easy. I can't believe you got both of us to sit still for an hour. It's you, you're not kidding. <laughs> I really can't believe it. There's in the universe. There's, people are out there going, something is wrong. And, and, and <laughs> Terrence and Tim are sitting You've still left for an in the hour. middle. I'm so excited. It's, it's crazy. Um, but we just have, we're just going to have to sit down and, and think of how to do something. Uh, probably, I mean, for sure next season. But... Uh, the desire is certainly there on both sides. I know the the real joy would be to do something together during Christmas, which is impossible for either of us. <laughs> for either of us. <laughs> so busy during Christmas. We are, we are down you know. at the church house. We're at the church house of the Castro Theater, and you're down at the church house of what, Slims? Uh, Slims and the Paramount in Oakland, yes. Well, now we know Christmas Eve. On Christmas oh, Eve, yeah, we're Christmas at Castro Eve and Slims. you're at Slims. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm very well aware because, of course, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir wanted to go to each other's performances Correct. at Christmas time, and it was yep. practically impossible. Yeah, <laughs> it was very difficult, but we managed. We all managed. There were choir I think. members from each chorus actually running out of performances. Yes, you know the last word. Ah! And grabbing their stuff, running out, going to San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, or popping yeah. in at our show. It was it was actually just wonderful to behold. <laughs> so the other and, issue and that I, we... And I have to say that, um, I don't know if other people share this, but, uh, you know, there's there are always SFGMC people in the audience at our concerts now. There hasn't yeah. been one without. Yeah, and right. um, it's added something for me. I, right. You know, because we share that experience of the tour, and there they are out there, right. um, and I always it's see like a them. It's like family member coming to your show. 
It's, it is. it's exactly like that. It's it's really so warming, um, so warming, and that does kind of lead me to uh, what I'd like to talk about before we go today, which is the amount of of um, you know, you brought this up, Terrence. The amount of healing that happened on the tour. I just had a flash in my in my um, mind's eye of Oki, who was at the concert we just did in Sonoma, who lost his house. Our tour was exactly when the fires were here, and right. chose to stay on the tour because um, singing and being a part of that was actually helping him. So that's an example, but would uh, I'm sure each of you have some examples of your own or other people in the choirs that really had pretty profound personal experiences with all this. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead, Terrence. Terrence? Well, there's one um, uh, lady from the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, um, a white lady um, who is, should, well, is not in one of the marginalized communities. So one maybe wouldn't have expected such healing from her, but she um, found out that um, her father w- was coming to a concert the day of, and she hadn't spoken to her father in some years. So um, needless to say, she was a wreck backstage, so everybody was surrounding her and supporting her, and it turned out to be a beautiful thing. So that was just one incident of healing of family members. So, But so many of those happened where um, members from families ca- came and saw their sons perform that had never seen them perform or hadn't spoken to them in years. And, I mean, every night toward the end of the night, I was backstage balling. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Tim, I know you have some some uh, things to share on this. You know, it's... Uh, it, it's- Pretty amazing with uh, 200 men, gay men, have, going back to the South. I, I would guess uh, 100, 100 of them either came from the South or have family members in the South. Uh, you know, we gays have fled from, from those states, <laughs> I included. And San Francisco is, is full of, of us who left. And what, it was another of the... Of the wonderful things that we got to talk with people there about why do you stay in in Mississippi? Why do you stay in Alabama when when you are so persecuted? And those are fascinating answers. Um, many of them don't don't know how to how to get away. That's where they've lived. They don't. And then the other side is uh, we're going to stay here and fight, and we're going to help. And it it was an incredibly a deep learning experience for us, but our, our, our guys that went had family members driving from five and 600 miles because, you know, it's not very often that, well, we don't go on tour that often at all and certainly not to the South. So the concerts were, were um, filled with our family members. On the other side, you know, we had um, a, one specific singer that uh, when we sang in Greenville, South Carolina, his entire family was 30 miles away and didn't come. Mm. And so, you know, we had both, we had both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. For your listeners, I do want to highlight uh, what for many of us was an incredible experience. We, we rented halls, big halls to sing in through the tour. And then the daytime performances were in what schools, rec centers, and a lot of churches, um, Methodist, Episcopal, Presbyterian, 
And along the way, someone said, you know, I think you should sing at First Baptist Church of Greenville, South Carolina. And my, my comment is, why would we? Well, first of all, they would never ask us. And second of all, why would we want to do that? And all of a sudden, we began a conversation with that church. It is a, it is, um, a church that helped found the Southern Baptist Convention. It is that, that much a part of the, of the entire uh, denomination. And lo and behold, they invited us, and we said, sure. And we gave that concert there on Friday night, which is available. Uh, you can watch it. They live-streamed it. And, and that's where um, the clips of the, the concert clips are from also. Which is, uh, sound fabulous, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, for me especially, I mean, I was thrown out of the Baptist church. So um, as a, a minister of music many, many, many years ago. But for me, it was I had not been in the pulpit of a Baptist church in 30, 34 years. And yes. to be invited back was uh, really, really something. But it wasn't just my experience. Um, I think everybody felt uh, the importance of that moment when we're going back into the really the old South, big church, big Southern Baptist church. It should not have happened, and yet it did. And, and yet it, it did. It was amazing. Rivaled, yeah. rivaled for me only by um, being in Brown Chapel. Um, my father was there. He marched the Pettus Bridge when I was a kid with King. And so he had been in that church, and us being in there was also quite a moment. Yeah. Terrence, um, <laughs> talk a little bit about Brown and Pettus. Well, Brown Chapel, um, I've learned about it my whole life, you know, uh, how important it was to the movement and to be there and sing with um, the Gay Men's Chorus and Oakland Interfaith Gospel Chorus. Couldn't have been a more profound moment and happy moment for me. I imagine that's what that. Dr. King would have wanted to see. Absolutely. So I just want to mention before we close for the day, and then I'll I'll close with a clip, that uh, this is the first of four. Uh, The other three shows are, next week I'll have the filmmaker of our documentary, David Charles, is joining me. Uh, The following week, it's Marilyn Bennett and Gil Caldwell, who made the film... um, from Selma to Stonewall, who were in Brown Chapel with us. Uh, And then the final week will be participants coming to talk about their experiences. So this is not the end. (laughs) We can all all have um, more time together on this. But uh, how about some final words as as we head out here? Wow. Thank, thank you, by the way, for being with me today. No, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to relive it for just a few moments. It was um, a wonderful tour, and I still haven't fully processed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, you know, I'm usually a big talker, and I thought I would just talk, you know, do all these interviews on the tour, and then I'd come home, and the next week I'd be on the air with it. I couldn't talk about mm-hmm. the tour for about a month more than just very briefly uh it was it was almost like i um uh it would ruin it if i talked about it too much i don't i don't know how to how to describe that but it it really had to sit for a while and um find its resting place in me so uh i don't know if other people had that experience as well oh yeah yeah 
when I start to process it, a lot of crying, so I stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're going to have to do that someday. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> so we're going to go out on a little bit of Orphans, which is our other theme song right. from the tour with the wonderful Issa Chu. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Come unwanted, come and find affection. so much for joining us for good grief please come back next wednesday at 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m pacific time for another edition featuring your host cheryl jones on the voice america health and wellness channel have a meaningful week